Live statewide on the Ref Radio Sports Network, it's the T-Row in the Morning Show with the voice of the Sooners, Toby Rowland and T.J. Perry. Hit the guys up on the Air Comfort Solutions text line at 405-651-3439 or sound off on the Riverwind Casino call-in line at 405-329-9000. Now, live from the Buffalo Wild Wing Studios, it's the T-Row in the Morning Show with Toby Rowland and T.J. Perry. Mahomes now steps up in the pocket, throws right wide open, back in the end zone, touchdown, Kansas Sorry. City. Hurts is back, he's going to go with the draw, he's going to run, he's going to score, Jalen Hurts. He's healthy. Short drop by Burrow, the pressure comes from the left, he throws oh, it the caught at the net, chase straight ahead, nice. into the end zone, nice. touchdown on the opening drive for Cincinnati. Purdy out of the shotgun, Kittle and Juszczyk are right, uh, Ayuk the other side, handoff McCaffrey, touchdown! San Francisco! Giddy giving the ball, looking, down the lane to Shea, pump fakes, leads in baseline, fakes home a seven-footer, Thunder 101, the Nuggets 99, timeout Denver, oh what a play call. Toby and TJ back with you, hour two, A1 and Turkey Bacon on a Monday morning, January 23rd, we're brought to you by Riverwind, headed to Fort Worth tomorrow, maybe tonight, we'll see, I'm uh, getting pretty fired up about the... Uh, Thunders teach. Now, no Jokic last night, okay? That is needs to be said. But I think they had won 16 straight home games and nine in a row overall. And OKC beat them, add them to the list of uh, big road wins they've had lately. They are one game below 500, tied for ninth. No, yeah, tied for, well, hmm. Tied for tenth. Tied for tenth, kind of tied percentage for by a yeah. yeah percentage point. Um, and playing really good basketball. They're back home against Atlanta on Wednesday. That's Trey Young. Got a couple more home games that are winnable after that. I think it's Cleveland and Golden State. And uh, I mean, we'll see. We'll see. Obviously, this franchise has not been in a playoff chase in a bit. So we'll see how the pressure of that gets to them. But, golly, it's fun. It's fun that they are. It's fun that 47. I mean, four, we're a game. We played 47 of 82. We're a long ways from a playoff chase. But I am eager to watch their games every time they play or listen or whatever the case may be. Um,. He's Does, believing, people. He's believing. Well, I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful. They they are fun to watch, and they got a star that, you know, I'm, I'm hopeful. Uh, does your wife have a Stanley? Does my wife have a Stanley? Are you aware of what a Stanley is? Let me start there. If I am, I'm not. No, I'm not thinking of what it is. So, no, I don't believe so. A Stanley is a, a cup an insulated cup that stands about four foot tall that seemingly every woman in America got for Christmas this year. I've never even heard of this. I don't even know what you're talking about. Like a Um, drinking cup that's four foot tall? It's not really four foot tall. I exaggerate. But you you can fit a lot of liquid in it. 
Yep, it's a drinking cup. It's it's the new Yeti, basically. She's got a corksicle that we both have. That's a tall, yeah. insulated yes. cup. Stanley's all the rage right now. Hmm. And my wife and daughter have both now got Stanley's. And it's funny that every time I go to a practice, a volleyball practice or a game or an office setting or whatever, I'm looking around. They have figured out a way. They've they've done what Yeti did. They have figured out a way to convince everyone you're not cool unless you have one of these. Gotcha. Yeah, I'm looking at a picture now. I've seen these. Stanley is hot. And I uh, just wondering if it had invaded your house. No, we, she's are... got the giant Yeti that's red that has her initials on it that she uses for like water Ooh. that she takes everywhere. So fancy. We do not need the Stanley. She loves her Yeti cup. Nobody that needs I had her the made. Stanley. Nobody needs a Stanley. No. I'm uh, just telling you, it seems like everybody in the world now has a Stanley. So yeah, I've seen these now that I'm looking at the picture. I just didn't know they were called a Stanley, but now right. I see it. Anybody, uh, anybody out there, let me know. Uh, hit the text line if you are now the proud odor of a Stanley. <laughs> or if you've purchased, if you've spent the 40 bucks to buy somebody in your house a Stanley. <laughs> it sounds like a, uh, a hired Mel Butler or something. Yeah, you got kinda. a Stanley at your house? Kind of. Um, okay. So we had a texter at the end of last hour. Yes. Who asked about fouls? You were in the LNC on yes. Saturday. Mm-hmm. What, did you, anything there, there that you thought? Here's what I thought: the, the foul, the fouls were, the free throw attempts were seventeen to four, in favor of Bay. Immediately, I got one of the texts from someone that I only hear from when things are going poorly, and they said something along the lines of, "I'm disgusted by this basketball team, this program. We're terrible." Blah 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 blah. And I remember one of the first things I responded back is. I'm sitting here at the game trying to figure out how Baylor was that clean. That how oh you only shot four free throws. And it was a good ways into the game before they even made it to the line. But I also sat there for a good part of the game saying, someone's got to learn on this team to drive to the basket and commit. Stop. That is... The answer. Okay, okay. Well, normally. When you're not getting to the free throw line, my immediate reaction is, what were the points in the paint? Right. Because those two are connected. If you get to the end of a game and one team has shot 10 more free throws than the other, you can 90% of the time look at the points in the paint and say, ah, okay. Well, this team was settling for jump shots. And that team was driving to the hole, which is what you're getting at, right? Quit settling for jump shots. Yeah, my thing is this team has the tendency to drive, stop, not knowing what they're going to do with the ball, and then try to kick out. I want someone to commit more often to going to the basket, but they were getting a lot inside Saturday with Tanner Groves and some of the things they were doing. So go ahead with what you were going to talk about. I want to blame that because that's what you do. I want, when a team is when you've got the foul discrepancy that we've had, and really, so OU is negative sixty now in free throw attempts in their seven conference games, light years worse than anybody else in the conference. Again, in non-conference play, 
They shot significantly more free throws than their opponents. They were top 20 in the country in fewest fouls. Since Big 12 play started, this has become a wildfire issue for this team. They were negative 13 on Saturday on free throw attempts. Baylor shot 17. OU shot four. They are now negative 60 in conference play and free throw attempts. The three games that have been the worst, that have provided the by far the most of that stat, are Texas Tech, Kansas, and Baylor. Texas Tech game, they were a negative 19 in free throw attempts. Kansas, they were a negative 13. Those two games were on the road. Baylor Saturday, they were a negative 13. So points in the paint in those three games. At Tech, 38-32 in favor of Tech. At Kansas, 38-32 in favor of OU. Saturday, points in the paint. OU 40, Baylor 26. Those three games combined, OU is a plus 14 points in the paint and a negative 45 in free throw attempts. How? how? Well, I was about to say, how can you explain that? I mean, that. You cannot say they're not getting into the paint. They are scoring. They are getting to the rim. They're plus 14 in those three games and points in the paint. And yet the opponent took 45 more free throws than they did. <laughs> not it's just not logical to me like I said Baylor was not that clean on Saturday I just don't know how they don't get some of the calls they they don't get Tanner gets beat up and we've talked about this for a long time here's the deal anybody can cry about officiating and it just sounds like you're crying about officiating but when every game you've got goes to the wire and one point matters as much as it does you can't overcome a negative 13 free throw attempts. Absolutely. No, I agree with the, you. OU made five more shots than Baylor did and lost because Baylor was a plus 10 at the line. Now, there are other things to blame. Yeah, uh, they could not keep Baylor off the offensive, offensive glass. boards and second chance points on Saturday. Yes killed them yeah absolutely it did but we're just talking about this one topic which is become contagious like every game they're having to overcome a double digit differential in free throw attempts it feels like and that's hard man you've got to you got to do a lot of things right to beat a good team when they're getting to the line 10, 15 more times than you are. So, I don't know. I immediately, uh, Saturday, you know, to the point you pointed out, as the free throw attempt differential grew, because at halftime OU had taken one free throw. Yes, one time. As it grew, I kept an eye on points in the paint, and it also kept growing in favor of OU. Now, maybe some of that is the free throw situation. Maybe some of that is Baylor's not getting points in the paint because every time they drive, they get fouled. 
that doesn't count as a paint point if you actually get it at the free throw line. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, that makes sense. But but that doesn't justify it. Like, anyway, I don't know. It's maddening. I, that, the big issue Saturday was not that. That was an issue. The big issue Saturday was offensive rebounding for Baylor. They just, in the second half, could not keep them off the glass. And we'll hear from Porter coming up at the bottom of the hour. He was not happy with his guards in reference to that. Um, he felt like Jalen Hill and Tanner Groves were being warriors down there, and each of them had nine rebounds, and he wanted Lose and Sherfield and CJ and whoever was in there to come down and help out more on the glass. But, I mean, it was maddening because they would get a stop, Baylor get an offensive rebound, and they'd force a missed shot, and they'd get another offensive rebound. And mm. another, another, uh, kind of a groundhog day situation for this basketball team, where you feel like they played pretty good, had a chance to win, and you leave with uh, with an L, and then you look up and you say, "All right, who's next? Oh, we got to go to TCU." <laughs> <laughs> And then Alabama's coming to town, who might be the hottest team in the country on Saturday. So, But we'll see. I mean, honestly, there's a ways to go. We're not even to the halfway point of conference play yet. But they're going to be on the outside looking in of new bracketologies and stuff. And that's fair, I think. Like, they're going to have to do something here, second half of conference play, to prove that they're a tournament team. I know this conference is good, really good, great. But you can't be two and five. Is that what they are? Yeah, two and five. Two and five or two and six? Uh, uh, two two and, five. and five. You can't be two and five and expect to just get in. So they're going to have to figure out a way to win some close games, get hot, and show that they deserve to be a tourney team. Silver lining Saturday for me, Otega Owe. He got more action than he's seen in a while. Mm -hmm. He was a major pest defensively. He got five steals. He He's a little, you can tell, he, he's a little lost on the offensive end, and every time he starts to dribble, you get you hold your breath. But he gives you so much defensively, that I think he's going to continue to see more playing time. He had that one steal where he had a breakaway dunk, and uh, I don't think Keontae George knew what was going to you know, that the ball was going to stay in bounds, and he was he, that was uh, that was good to see. Maybe that can be a spark. Maybe he'll be the Marvin Johnson of this year's team. And Marvin didn't play much until halfway through conference play last year, and then was a, a spark. So maybe Otega Owe will be that spark for this team this year. They've got to figure out a way to win six games here. Yeah. Out of, what do they have, 12 or 13 left? 12 left? they got to go uh, six and six. Are I think you talking got 12 about left. in conference play? Uh, total, I think they've got 12, total? 11 in conference, right? Yes. And they got the Bama game mixed in there. So. Correct. You got to figure out a way. I think they and Bama goes a, a long way. way. I mean, you be, you win, well, you beat right. Bama. Right. That goes a long way. So that's right. Conference or not, you're saying even if they only won five conference games and were seven and eleven, 
if they got the win over Alabama, you think they'd still be in? They're strongly in the discussion, yes. Yeah, yeah, that's probably right. I'd really love for him to get the eight conference wins. That would make me feel much better. But that means they got to win more than half of the rest. That's, that's right, yes. Seven nineteen. We'll be back. Opinions. You've got them. We want to hear them. Sound off 24-7, 365 on the Air Comfort Solutions text line at 405-651-3439. Riverwind Casino brings you the T-Row in the morning show each and every day. Be sure to check out Riverwind's new gaming areas during the remodel. New areas like the River Lounge, Sky Bridge, the non-smoking Showplace Theater. OKC's number one gaming destination. Simply the best. Thank you to Riverwind Casino. Air Comfort Solutions text line. Good morning, guys. Enjoying listening every morning and catching up on the latest. Currently driving home from Henrietta to Tulsa. My dad's cancer has returned, this time on his bladder, removing the tumor this morning. 84, but he's in good spirits. Just wanted to say hi and thank you both for making this drive tolerable. Appreciate you being here with me. Have a great day. Go Chiefs 918 Brent. 918 Brent, thank you for listening. Yes. I'm sorry about your father, and we will definitely send up some thoughts and prayers for uh, him and for you today. But thank you for listening on your drive. Absolutely. And I'm sorry for what I said about your Chiefs. <laughs> I'm still not sorry over that. No. Uh, looks like football season has rolled into basketball close at the end. Just not enough to close out games. Yeah, that's true. Here's one more thing that uh, needs to get fixed is uh, Grant Sherfield's pulling a disappearing act in the second half of games. Very that's strong back- first halves, bad yeah. second halves, yeah. Back-to-back games, he has not scored a single point in the second half. That can't happen, and it's hard to explain when the two games before it, he was so dynamic. Um, are they defending him better? Have they made some halftime adjustments? Maybe, probably. It does look to me like he's just not being as aggressive. I know, like, Porter changed his time or his uh, substitution uh, timing a little bit to try to get him more first-half rest on Saturday. But, I mean, they need him. They need him to be their alpha. And you can't be an alpha if you're not scoring any points in the second half. They need him to take the big shots, to make the big shots, like he did many, many times this season. But this not scoring in the second half stuff's got to stop if they're going to start winning games. What happened with the breakdown at the end? I mean, because obviously it wasn't designed that way. So... I wish I could play you the radio post-game interview, but we're not allowed to. <laughs> so hopefully he addressed it in his press conference, which we're going to play in the next segment. Okay. He said they, I mean, he said they simply didn't do what they were supposed to do. That there was okay. a, well, yeah, I think I, that, that there I can tell, a, yeah. There was a quick action one and a quick action two. And they just didn't pull the trigger on the quick action and passed it instead of taking it to the rim. And before you knew it, there was three seconds left. So um, poor execution, I would say, was the was the answer. 
I mean, they still had a shot. There were 17 seconds left mm-hmm. down four. If you score quickly, the Baylor seemed happy to miss free throws. Uh, you still had a chance to go down. I mean, we, it was gonna everything was gonna have to work out perfectly, but you had a chance. But when it took them 14 seconds to get a shot up, you didn't have a chance at that point. Yeah, that was so. the thing. As soon as that ball kicked around two, three times, I'm like, man, what are you doing here? Like, just chewing clock. So uh, that was they got to be better on the offensive end in the final minute of games. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mike in Springfield said, my sister's boss in his dental office shuts down the office on each employee's birthday. Love it. Love it. Boy, I'm hiring somebody on a birthday of each month. What, you're a January? I don't have a January. You're hired. I think Teddy Lehman has that philosophy, doesn't he? (laughs) (laughs) My birthday is every Wednesday and Fridays in the summer. Anybody's birthday that he knows, he celebrates by not working that day. <laughs> uh, how, I'm kidding, Ted. I'm kidding. How quickly Dallas fans go from hating the kicker to hating the quarterback. Look, I'm an equal opportunity hater when it comes to my Cowboys. I don't like my owner. I don't like my head coach. I don't like my kicker. I don't like my uh, quarterback. I have plenty of hate to go around. Kellen Moore drives me crazy sometimes. So... Well, then why don't you pick a, dov- a different team? Um, No. Why don't they pick better personnel? That's their because job. The My job is to tell them that you stink. Hey, I've said for a few years now, it's morbid, it's sad to think, but I don't think this team ever wins anything again until Jerry Jones is gone. And What about Steven Jones? Steven, I think, is built a little different, and I'm hoping that he changes ways once Dad's gone. But I don't have a lot of faith in him. So we'll see once if my if, if what I think is right with him and some things change and he goes in different directions in some areas and doesn't have as much control as Jerry, isn't in the news as much. But I don't know if I believe that or not. Um, we'll yeah, I see. don't want you to pick a different team. That's called bandwagoning. You, yeah. know, you know I'm against that. It's just the interesting thing about you is, like, you are – like, the Rangers have never won anything in your life. Not a thing. And you are hopelessly optimistic, positive, and love that team and franchise. Correct. The, the Mavs have won one title. We're the laughingstock of the league for a couple of decades before that. And the same thing. You love them. You love everything about them. You're a hopeless romantic with the Mavericks. The Cowboys have won way more than any of your other teams. It's been a while, but how many Super Bowls have they won in your lifetime? Uh, in my lifetime, well, that I remember, three. Okay. Yeah. That's three times as many as the Mavs have won. Right. And you hate everything about them. I, but I think my because of that, because of the championships they've won, because of the team that they were in this league, my expectations are much higher for the Dallas Cowboys than those other two franchises. I don't even know what expectations means. It like means you just you uh, because I expect they won some a Super Bowl every 80s, year. You yeah. expect them to win every year because they're America's team, the elite of the elite. Draw more eyeballs than anyone. They should be run, run better than anyone, and they should be winning championships once every you know few years. They should have been on a yeah. Patriots type run, in my yeah. opinion. I just expect yeah. more of them. All right. 
Uh, they sell a lot of fake Walmart jerseys. They got a lot of cash back in them. Go spend it right. Uh, I believe Porter Moser is uh, getting the most out of his team. I honestly think they're overachieving. There is very little talent outside of Sherfield on this team. That's from Dylan. I think I think Milo, Milo Suzanne, Suzanne is, is very talented, talented. Just young. I think Jalen Hill is an outstanding basketball player. He's a definitely a glue guy. He is an elite defender. Mm-hmm. He gave you 17 and 9 Saturday. He plays his guts out. Uh, he's not going to the NBA, but he gives you everything. Uh, Tanner and Jacob are both capable and have at times, you know, scored a bunch of points and been difference makers. Neither one of those guys is going to the NBA. Tanner was very good Saturday. 16 and 9, made a couple of threes, blocked three shots. He was very good. I, I agree with the texter that I think Porter's getting a ton out of a team that doesn't have as much talent as many of the other teams in this league. I, I agree. But it is still frustrating when you get so close, when you're tied or up a point or down a point with a minute to go and seem to not be able to get the big shot or the big stop that you need to get the win. It's just that's hard, man. It's hard. So hopefully there's a wave of those coming. Got to stay positive. Hopefully so. Hopefully so. Let's see here. Dak and Zeke should play for the Texans, more their talent level. <laughs> Zeke's on the backside of his career. I mean, he's not. It was a good season for Dallas. It was a good, it was a good season. Good it was a good yeah. season. They got a road playoff win. They hadn't had that in three decades. So yeah. it was a good season. Just not an acceptable season. They're not playing still. Gotcha. I was a rookie quarterback on Madden and won the Super Bowl, this, this texter says. Congratulations. <laughs> good, good job. Hard to do. Uh, my favorite team is whoever Dallas is playing. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people feel that way. A lot of people hate the Dallas Cowboys. Kevin in Tulsa says, hey, guys, the Chiefs State Farm ads are tiring and not funny. Okay. Agree with that. I kind of like the ones where Andy Reid writes on people's faces in the plane. Remember that one? Yeah, I do remember that one. It was that one's on about funny. ten times during the game I find, yesterday. I, f- I don't have any problem with Andy Reid. I find him kind of enjoyable. I think it's just the. I think it's just Andrew Shepard, really. <laughs> For you, it's just Andrew Shepard. I think so. <laughs> it's just the constant barrage of. Oh, the Chiefs just snapped it. It's second down now. Oh wait, it's third down now. That's a terrible call. You bleepity bleepity bleep bleep bleep. Now it's fourth down. I don't know. Take a break. 734. Porter Moser postgame next. The Ref Radio Sports Network is powered statewide by the insurance adjusters at Brown O'Haver. Fire, wind, theft, or tornado, we can help. Call 405-735-5510. Sooners fall Saturday to Baylor 62-60 in another heartbreaker. Here's Porter Moser with the media after the game. First off, uh, talking about offensive rebounds for the Bears. That was that was the storyline. I mean, in one possession game, they had 18 second chance points, or uh, 30. They had plus 18. They had 30. So um, 
our inability. We, we, we were here in the West Virginia game talking about how the guards got all these extra rebounds. I thought we did some really good things defensively against one of the top offensive teams. And we, time and time again, um, we, we, couldn't get, we couldn't block out, couldn't get the rebound. Um, and uh, I thought Tanner and Jalen played like warriors. Um, and uh, they needed some help on the class, and we just didn't get it anywhere. That really was the storyline of, you know, of, I mean, 30 second chance points. It's just. It's just No, I'm still, yeah, I'm, it, it doesn't change. It's the same, you know, just searching to find ways to win. I thought, you know, turn around from Oklahoma State, we had like, what is it, 72 hours and to get these guys ready to play Baylor. And I thought they, we did a lot of things we wanted to do against their offense, which I, I think is elite. And, um, you know, I thought we really guarded the three-point line up until the, the last four. Bridges got loose for three. It was two, same two guys we got were involved in the switch. We didn't, we didn't. We, 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 and Bridges got loose in the corner on that play. It was, you know, you got a you got a two point lead, and and he hits a three, um, and then Flagler at the shot clock. I mean, I, you got to give him. He made another timely three, and that was. But I think they had three threes, and then Bridges got loose for three or four, and that can, they got loose for four threes down the stretch, um, and that was, uh, yeah. So, yeah, one hundred percent. Feel the same. Gut, I feel gutted and got to turn around and keep trying to get these guys up. But it was, it's, um, yeah, it was, that was a, to, to get out rebounded by that significance on a one possession game. I mean, it's, we got, we got to re, we got to come up, we got to rebound. You got to fight, claw, whatever you can. Guards got to come down and help. It's got to be five people on the glass. And I know you haven't seen the tape yet, but Grant goes scoreless after halftime for a second game. How do you diagnose that? I'll have to watch the tape. I'll have to watch the tape. Yeah, I, I got to look at the tape. I, I, I don't think I don't know how physical we were. I don't know if we weren't blocking out well. Um, I know we, we had a chance to get him, and then I thought Baylor was getting him. Um, I thought they're very aggressive on the glass, um, but that that separation of, of thirty second, you're, you're you're guarding the top offensive teams in the country, and you're getting to miss, and we we, we you know they, they, half their points were on second chance. You know, if you're if you're cutting that just a little. It's a different storyline. Justin, Rui, I mentioned it, but Otega gave some really good production for you guys, especially on defense. Just what impressed you about him out there? Just his, 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 he's got great feet, and we just thought with their guards, he could physically, you know, guard him right out of the gate. He he guarded and turned the DCO and uh, some defense into offense. So, um, you know, that that's his, that's what he's good, and I think we got to keep working on him, on his skill level on offense and everything. And man, he works his tail off, works his tail off, and you know. Usually the basketball guys reward guys who work this hard and keep your mind right. And, um, but that's what he brings us, athleticism and defense. And we just got to keep working on the other stuff with him. But I, he sure gave us a huge spark in that first half. I thought he was – he really gave us great minutes. I um, I think Otega Owe – tell me if you agree or not. I don't know if I agree or not. Just when I was watching him Saturday – 
I got some Jalen Hill flashbacks a little bit. A little bit of Jalen Hill, a little bit of Elijah Harkless. Uh, Elijah came from a JUCO. Jalen as a freshman. Jalen was not as good of a defender as a freshman as uh, Otega is right now. But he was extremely raw. And when Jalen was a freshman, he would just get, you know, a couple of minutes here or there. You guys are like, man, this this guy physically, athletically, he's there. He's got it. I, I can see why everybody likes this guy so much. He's just going to have to figure out how to contribute. And to Jalen's credit, he has worked extremely hard in his career to the point now where you just you hate it when he's not on the floor, right? Like, ah, Jalen, do you really need a break? Can you stay out there, please? We need you to rebound. We need you to score. We need you to block shots. We need you to defend their best player. He does everything for this team. It'll be fascinating to follow the career of Otega Owe if he stays at OU, which you got to say about everybody these days. <laughs> right. Wherever he goes, here or wherever, it'll be really interesting to see what kind of player he is when he's a junior and a senior because physically he's a first guy off the bus guy. You look at him in warm-ups and you go, all right, glad that guy's on our team, right? And then you go out there and he's already elite defensively. Is he a guy that will put in the work to become, um, I mean, even if he's a 10-point-a-game guy, can he be Jalen Hill on offense by the time he's a junior or senior? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You got to give him something on that end of the court. If he does, then he plays 40 minutes because he's that good defensively and his body can guard every position, basically, just like Jalen. There's definitely flashes there. I loved what I saw on Saturday, so hopefully he keeps progressing in that way. And, and he's one of the surprises of this last stretch that they've got here this season. Yeah. So I think he could be a difference maker for you. And he was a part of, and here's another silver lining, and we've talked about what's got to be better, but he was a part of uh, a very good defensive day. Like, Baylor's the number two scoring team in the country, and they held him to 62 points, even with the 17 offensive rebounds. That's a good defensive day, a really good defensive day against Baylor. So... That And that's been the end of the floor where, in my opinion, Oklahoma's had the biggest problems this year. Uh, hopefully that is a positive sign they can carry forward. They defended Baylor really well. They made Baylor work for tough shots. Even the freshman, Keontae George, had one point at halftime. He got going a little bit in the second half. He hit a couple of early threes. He got to 11. That's nine below his average. Um, it was a good defensive day. So hopefully that's something they can carry forward. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, uh, Jed Castle's going to join us from Channel 9. we got an update on this weather moving in tomorrow. We'll give you the latest back after this. It may be 2023, but that doesn't change things around here. At The Ref, we are still dedicated to bringing you the best Sooner coverage in the state and beyond. This is your home for Sooner fans, the Ref Radio Sports Network. Toby and TJ back with you on a Monday morning. 
across the state of Oklahoma on the ref. We got a, a significant weather event moving in tomorrow. And that means uh, we always go to our guy, Jed Castles, at KWTV News 9 in Oklahoma City. Jed, good morning. Thanks for good being morning. patient through that break there, bud. Hey, no problem. How are you doing, Toby? I'm doing good. So so what's the latest? What's happening tomorrow? Okay, yeah, just looking at the latest data, and it, uh, still everything's still on for snow coming in. We'll have about a 12, maybe 15-hour snowfall for Oklahoma City and central Oklahoma. The snow is going to start sometime tomorrow morning between 6 and about 9 o'clock, and it will continue through most of the day tomorrow, then end sometime tomorrow night, probably about midnight, and it moves out. Now, the thing with this storm is it's very cold above us. That's why we're thinking there's going to be snow. But surface temperatures probably won't make it all the way down to freezing. They'll be above freezing most of the day. So we'll have these big, wet snowflakes that'll come down. Uh, they'll come down. They'll tend to want to melt. But in the process of it, it's probably going to be heavy for a while, so we'll have some collection. So that means we could see some snowfall. And by the time we go into the afternoon and evening, that's when I think we'll have most of our snow that will probably – for Oklahoma City, central Oklahoma, somewhere in the two to four inch range. Now, there's going to be some higher totals, especially I 40 and south. In those areas, there'll be some pockets that pick up close to six, might even see close to eight inches in some localized areas because this is a real powerful storm, so much so there might be some thunder with this. And that's what we call thunder snow, and that's convective snow. And so it could get really heavy for a while, reducing visibilities. So, Road conditions, I don't see a major problem on the onset of this just because it's going to be so warm as the atmosphere keeps going through the afternoon, cooling down with the snow that's falling. We will start to have some problems on the roads more than likely toward the rush hour tomorrow evening where there'll be um, some slushy roads. We could have some snowpack roads and going into tomorrow evening. Those will be hanging around, so it'll be a little bit slippery there going into late tomorrow. So, again, for Oklahoma City, central Oklahoma, two to four inches of snow. You go north of the metro, you go up toward the Kansas border, it'll be tough to even just get an inch of snow. While you go south of Oklahoma City, say down around say Chickasha, Pauls Valley, Duncan, down toward Ada, there will be some spots that get up close to six inches. And like I said, maybe some localized totals a little higher than that. So good whopper of a snowstorm. The best part about this, Toby, is we've got that drought in place. We need this kind of moisture. Yeah. If you take that snow and you melt it all the way down, probably about a half an inch to an inch of rainfall equivalent is what we're getting out of this. Is it going to melt off pretty soon, or we're not going to uh, have this around for a week or anything like that? Because Yeah, because it's so warm, this will not be a long-lasting winter storm. It'll last probably through Wednesday morning, and by Wednesday afternoon, much of that snow is melting off. By the end of the week, we'll probably be up to, be up to 50. So this is going to be a really Perfect. pretty much 24-hour event for, for much of Oklahoma. I know you're busy, man. Thanks, Jed. We always appreciate your time, bud. You bet, you bet, Toby. See ya. Jed Castles at News 9. There you go. So uh, here's what's going to happen. I'll uh, interpret TJ. That was a lot of fancy. He, he mentioned thunder snow. That's not a real thing, by the way. Thunder, thunder snow. snow. You got to say it uh, like that. My house will have somewhere between a foot, a foot and a half of snow. <laughs> and then we'll wake up and TJ will go, it snowed in your house? I didn't see it. My son was shining in my house it's, all day. It's sunny out. We went out. I mowed my lawn yesterday. So that's what'll happen tomorrow. I don't know. What do you think? Should I should I go tonight? It's not it sounding sound like, like it's going to affect roads. Yeah, I think the highway is going to be fine for you, unless something crazy happens. But even looking at the temperatures, like he was saying, and looking at the forecast that I've been looking at, like temperature wise, I, I don't think you're going to be dealing with stuff on the on the roads too bad. So I think you're all right.
I mean, you're more than welcome to go this evening if that's what you want to do, but... This is from a guy, ladies and gentlemen, that went 1-8 and eight this weekend predicting games. <laughs> now I'm asking him to predict the weather and, and road conditions. Hey, going 1-8 is actually pretty good. It's pretty impressive to be that bad. It is. It's like Teddy Lehman-esque. Right. I mean, it's pretty bad. <laughs> uh, I kind of thought we were done with winter. Apparently not. All right. I can use one good fluffy snow. That's the way I like it. Big, you know, uh, winter wonderland, fluffy snow, no, like, ice and electricity going out and bad road, all that kind of stuff, and then it's gone. That's, I could dig that. One more good snow, and then we're on to spring. Well, if that's all we're getting and we're on to spring, then I'm all for that. I can handle a 24-hour event, yeah. So don't give me any longer than that. You get out and go sledding? Does your kid want to go sledding at all? Uh, there was one storm last year that, uh, yeah, him and a friend went out sledding. Mm-hmm. Hmm. This doesn't sound like it's going to stick well enough to. How's the kind of slushy? By the way, I saw the boot on Saturday. Yeah, he's still in the boot. He's still favoring it. I. Is he getting some attention from the females out of it? He says no, but I don't know that I'm believing that. He's mm-hmm. he's sticking with the boot a little longer than I thought, and his mom, yeah. uh, Katie, and I both thought he would be ditching this Whoa. thing by Saturday or Sunday, and he's still holding true to it. So, yeah, yeah. I'm telling so. you, the boots an attention getter. People we'll, like the kids like the boots. We'll catch him at times like just jogging down the hallway without it on, and then I'll say, <laughs> "Hey, you were just running down the hall." He goes, "No, I was not." <laughs> like I'm pretty oh, sure you were. Yeah. Dad, at school, are you going to wear your boot today? Oh man, you know what? I really slept on it bad last night. I better right. wear it again today. <laughs> Top of the hour break. It's eight o'clock on a Monday.